Hello and welcome to Who Uses a Director of Football, an FM podcast with me, Lewis, and my co-host, Tom. So another week, Tom, where we didn't deliver the goods. Who 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 are we pointing the fingers at? I think I think we can take joint blame for this. I'll take a little bit more because I did drag you along to 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 the weekend plans. We were back in the in the home county um, last weekend, back in Devon with with a few friends from London, out in Torquay Friday night, and then sort of dragged you along to the Torquay United match on. Saturday afternoon, where Torquay threw away yet another point and stumbling towards relegation, so that put that put me in a good mood. Cracking goal a... from Kieran Evans, though, wasn't it? What a shame it was on the end of a losing effort. It was a cracking it was a, finish. A great goal. It was a great goal. Uh, got a man sent off in the first five minutes, which I think at the time we were all up in arms about. This is the worst referee we've ever seen in our lives. Absolute disgrace. And then whilst over a, over a curry later in the evening. We watched the highlights back and realised it was a pretty bad tackle. It was a bad one. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good, it was, it was a really good fun weekend. Good little booze up or a good big booze up, really. Uh, but yeah, it did, it did mean we didn't get to play much FM or didn't have any time to record the podcast. So, so you've got no. us this week instead. And from the state of your hangover on Saturday, um, I'd imagine the one on Sunday was pretty bad as well. So. Oh man, I was in I was in pieces. I was in pieces on Friday and on Saturday. Sunday, actually, funnily enough, Sunday actually wasn't as bad. But you know, I was. I think I still had a little bit of a uh, little bit of the Saturday hangover in me on Sunday. And then I've been at, I've been at Cheltenham Festival all week this week. So you know, you like you're lucky you're getting a podcast this week as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, sounding a little bit worse for wear. Um, bit of a cold coming on. Yeah, that you gave me. Uh, last weekend, so that you are getting the blame for that. Yeah, I think that one is on me. I was I was in 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 the depths of hell last weekend with a mountain flu, so so vicious that Catherine had absolutely no sympathy. So what can I? What do you expect? Right, should we get on to um, talking some F- FM, Lewis? Yeah, um, I think last time. Delay. Exactly. Do you wanna do you wanna pick up and let us know where where we left you last time um at Universidad de Chile? Um and yeah, where did you leave us last time? What's happened since? Yeah, so you left me after a away win at Audax Italiano. Um not just in the bigger game, Chile, but also in the uh not in the in the FM universe of stars are still there. Yeah, Renzo Rivero. And you left me on the eve of a Copa Sudamericana second round first leg game against Everton, Davinia del Mar, who we found out in the last two weeks are indeed related to Liverpool's Everton uh, as they took their name from them when Everton toured Chile uh, to bring the beautiful game to South America. So uh, links links uh, to... English football that we're learning about all the time, as opposed to just par. But so we went away and uh, things started very nicely. Mamini with a second minute uh, goal uh, set us on our way before they pulled one back for a player that I looked at signing, but felt his wage demands were a little bit much for a player who I deemed as a squad rotator, Bruno Barticciotto, a Chilean, uh, with a very Italian surname, 
uh, equalising for them on the 35th minute before the second half team talk worked and Dario Soria made it 2-1 in the 60th minute and that's the way it stayed. So we had a week uh, till the return leg at home and to begin with, things were really touch and go. Aaron Molinas making it uh, equal on aggregate on the 29th minute and that's the way it stayed for a long time. Uh, along... I guess they've got a bit of momentum as well then. Yeah, a bit of momentum, a uh, bit cagey in front of the fans, but uh, still level going into half-time. And I was seriously worried because they were playing some really good football. Um, but clearly the second-half team talk worked, or the half-time team talk worked, as Lucas Barbosa in the 60-second minute listened to Renzo's instructions, got direct, uh, cut inside, put it on that sweet left boot of his and found the top corner and that and that got us rolling again, making it three two before who else but that man, Evo Mumini Cooper, uh, with a brace in the seventy fourth and ninetieth minute to take the game away from them and see our successful uh, journey into the quarter final, uh, which uh, is obviously a, a big achievement for a club that were looking at relegation at, before Renzo took over. So, uh, a few games in the league between that and the quarterfinal match, uh, which we won two against Fernandez Vial with a pretty grim 1-0 win, and Deportes Achique and draws against Deportes Lasaranya and O'Higgins. Um, before the big game away at Vasco da Gama, who we got drawn against. That's a tough draw. That is a tough draw. Tough draw. Top six uh, Brazilian Serie A side with a really good squad and a fantastic regen leading the line called Ziquinho with an X. Spicy name, spicy player, very creative, false nine, goal scorer, hybrid. Uh, cracking little player leading the line for them. Uh, so we knew it was going to be a tough game against a big Brazilian side. You know, we were we were humbled in the second leg against Flamengo last season and I worried that going away to a big Brazilian team uh, could do the same thing. So I set us up pretty conservatively with... Both holders playing. I played a 4-3-3, but I played Darlan Mendes uh, in the heart of midfield uh, to to keep things really tight. And uh, Ajeda at the back of midfield. So you've got two really defensive presences in the heart of midfield to keep things tight. Um, and it sort of worked. We played all right, but a different Ajeda, Martin Ajeda, a winger for Vasco da Gama, makes it 1-0 for them away from home. Um, in a really battling performance, we had a couple of decent chances but couldn't convert anything. So we we take the game back to our place, uh, a goal down, which, you know what? Against a tough Brazilian side, you think you've got a chance. So between that and the second leg, there was a away game against Deportes Recoleta uh, in the league, which we won, which was, you know, good solid 2-0 win away from home before we take it back to our place. Um, and this time I thought, you know what? Let's 
let's open up. We haven't got a choice. We're a goal down. Get anything. Fantastic. You know, if we don't, we tried. So I send the lads out. Um, Barbosa and Asadi back at the heart of midfield. My most attacking pairing with Ajeda in behind and Darlan Mendes, who had a solid game, gets dropped to the bench. And then the usual lineup you'd expect, Mamini leading the line, um, Osorio playing and Jason Flores on the wing. And in a tight game, Jason Flores gets us the equaliser on aggregate in the 42nd minute. 42nd minute, that's that's a nice time to score as well. It's a good time to score before half-time. And we play him well. You know what, I pushed everyone on. I pushed everyone on hunting for a goal. And... It didn't come. So, and if I'd known that it was going straight to penalties, I'd have pushed even more. But it went straight to penalties. Um, Something that I have only just learned. I've, you know, there was me expecting extra time, but no, straight to penalties. So, if that that happened in in real life, um, sort of a manager not realizing it was going straight to pens. So one one manager's sort of sending sort of one player up to take a penalty. The the rest of the, the rest of the team are sort of lined up in formation. <laughs> sure like hacker like. Yeah. <laughs> and then the sheer panic when he realizes he's got he's got to pick five players really quickly. <laughs> it's just you, you, you and you and you. Quick and that's fine. I knew what I was doing. I we're I'm lined doing. up for the we're lined up for the first half of extra time and they're like, no, it's penalties, mate. No, I'd be cracking. <laughs> Your keeper goes up the other end from the other keeper. <laughs> He's got to run. He's got to run the whole end of the pit. <laughs> panting. He's knackered. He's got hands on his knees, breathing whilst whilst the penalty taker runs up. Yeah. Well, funny you should mention that, Tom, because I, you know, I picked my trusted five penalty takers: Ajeda, Asadi, Mamini, Barbosa, and I can't remember who I picked as the fifth, but. Ajeda puts the ball down on the spot and he skies it wide. And the man that I've trusted with every penalty up until this point, who hasn't missed, who scored against you. Why couldn't he have done that against me? (laughs) The biggest penalty of his career, he just sends miles wide. And they score through Matthias Galaza. Before Lucas Asadi, another player I trust, technically gifted, lovely footballer, great technique. He puts it straight at the keeper with the weakest, (laughs) most pathetic penalty. I just, I screamed. I was like, what the is going on? That was (laughs) shocking. Catherine thought I was, Catherine thought I was, you know, suffering from a mental breakdown, I think, downstairs. (laughs) But, even with Mamini and Lucas Barbosa scoring, they win the penalty shootout, four penalties to two, and we crash out in heartbreaking fashion after a really good two-legged performance against Vasco da Gama, who went on to be the losing finalist. So no shame in the way we played, they absolutely steamrolled the other teams that came up on the way to the final and only lost to Atletico Paranese in the final. Um, 
Which was interesting because Atletico Paranaense also got relegated the same season. So a oh. phenomenally weird season for Atletico Paranaense in in the uh, Brazilian top flight. Brazilian Brazilian football really does dominate the con- continental uh, competitions in um in in, in South America. And that really surprised me because I, I thought that having not really followed much South America before we did this save. I really thought that River Plate and Boca weren't a million miles behind, or, or I thought they'd probably be in the same sort of league, really. Um, I think they probably are in real life, but I think FM's a bit kinder on the Brazilian clubs. Yeah, maybe. Um, River Plate won it in the first season on my save, so... Yeah, I just, I'm just looking, looking back. In, in every, every single save... Actually, actually, you're right. To be fair, in my save, two out of the last... So within within game for me, I've had seven Copa Libertadores. Two have been won by Brazilian uh, by Argentinian sides, but actually in real life, you know, the last three have been won by Brazilian. It is pretty Brazilian heavy um, mm. in recent years. Um, you know, for example, Boca. The last time Boca won it was two thousand and three, um, which I don't know. I I would have thought they'd have won it a lot more a lot more recently. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, with Boca's reputation, you'd assume they would have won it more recently, wouldn't you? Anyway, sorry. I, so, I, uh, I said that so after, no, it's nice. No, it's good to good to think through. Um, and so after our after our glorious but unsuccessful, uh, I was going to say European run, continental, Sudamericanian run came to an end. Um, we were back to the more mundane task of 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 carrying on our league campaign against Palestino, who a brace from a mini puts the sword effectively. Uh, our first loss in a while against, well, our first domestic loss in a while against a single goal against Huachipato or Huachipato. You're far better at pronouncing that Huachipato. than me. Uh, before our first of a almost triple header against Colo Colo. One league game, two cup games. Um, and our... our first game was the was the league game, a one-all draw, uh, with Mamini scoring one and their striker Facundo Pons scoring one. Before we played them in the cup as part of a double-legger, and we started really, really well. So we started uh, the second leg, sorry, the first home leg with a 2-1 win against Colo Colo with goals from Lucas Barbosa and Mamini and Facundo Pons again, getting another one for them. Uh, Between that and the second leg, uh, Mamini gets a hat-trick in the league against Kakimbo Unido. Just doing my mini things, just doing my mini things. A bit like Harland, he gets another hat trick. Like oh, it's, it's, it's what it is, isn't it? It's just it's what he's done. Yeah. It's his job. To quote Roy Keane, it's his job. Do your job. Do your job. Uh, and then I it, I set us up defensively, and things were going brilliantly. My mini gets another goal for us. Uh, in the second, in the Copper Chile quarterfinal second leg away at Colo Colo. So at this point, we are three goals to one up. Uh, and I think, great, I just keep it tight, keep things tight. We'll hit them on the counter, we'll get another one. Uh, 
and 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 it all falls apart from there. Facundo oh, Pons no. with a hat trick, <laughs> with a twenty seventh no. minute penalty, a sixty seventh minute goal, and a seventy first minute goal dumps us out of the Copper Chile quarterfinal no. second leg, and. That's that's awful. <laughs> that's us out of the as a cup. Up, I thought that was all set up for for glory. Then no. So that leaves us with a run in, and which we're in touching distance. We're a point behind Universidad Catalica. Um, in our next game, and I've set us up defensively. We're away at Unidad Catalica. I think we just need a point, and. We're playing really well in the first half. We're playing really well. We should score. We're playing well. Um, We're not getting the breakthrough we deserve, but we're playing well. So I trust us, second half. You know, I send the lads out with a team talk. And then in the 61st minute, Benjamin Koshevic scores for Universidad Catalica. In the 84th minute, Eric Pulgar scores a penalty for Universidad Catalica. Oh, no. And then in the 90-plus second minute, Facundo Caceres scores a third for Universidad Catalica, and we lose 3-0 to put us four points behind Universidad Catalica with three games to go. And I assume that's helped their goal difference no end. It's helped their goal difference no end. And I say no end. I say no end. I mean, specifically a six-goal swing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean there literally is an end there actually literally is an end yeah, yeah. to how, how it helps take a difference and the run in I'm not going to make too much of a big deal out of it because we weren't in touching distance we win 2-1 against Union Española but they win as well we lose 1-0 to Union La Calera to really put the nail in the coffin of the title challenge and then we finish off with a 2-0 win against Deportes Antofagasta. But at that point, it was too little, too late. And we finished the season in second um, on 63 points uh, with 19-1, six drawn, five losses. And the really disheartening thing, Tom, I find out that it's the highest ever points total for a team that hasn't won the league. (laughs) Oh, no. So... Oh, mate, my heart goes out to you. My heart goes out to you on that one. I was was chasing... I was chasing Audax Italiano and their success, but I just couldn't deliver the goods. And it's it's possibly been for a season that... that... Promised so much, it really did feel like Liverpool at the end of last season, like just slightly off the pace by just a fraction. Um, and I don't know, I just is it something like is it something that a lazy TV pundit would say they just haven't been there before? Yeah, you know, they, they haven't, they didn't know what it takes to get across the line. Whereas Universidad de Catalica, they've just got so many. They've got experience of winning titles. Mm. Is, it, is, it, is that what a lazy pundit would say? Yeah, I, I guess so. And I mean, I, 
I did manage to miss out. We did knock Katalika out in the cup. So I was really convinced that knocking Katalika out um, would would really be the catalyst for us winning the cup. But Colo Colo just had just enough to get over the line. And, And yeah, it's just frustrating, but that's FM, you know. If you're, off, if, if you're if you're and I felt like I got my tactics wrong again. The match that I felt I got it wrong in was the Colo Colo second leg. I oh. tried to chase the game. I should have. They were playing a four four two. I tried to go direct and hit them on the counter. I think what I should have done was played really possession heavy. Just keep the ball, make them come on to me, and then pass around them. And I and I and I and I, and I reflect on that and think I just. I've got it wrong. Trust the, trust the process. Trust the process. Yeah, and maybe go more defensive, like not less defensive, because they wanted the game to be played in transition yeah, and yeah. fast and up and down the pitch. And actually, I should have, I should have fully pepped it and just sucked all the life out of the game, um, and just kept the ball. But that hopefully that will that will affect the future season. But I'll leave it there. Transfer window to come and a few games at the start of the next season to come. So so I, th- I think that sort of season though, it gives you it's it's quite a nice one to have because you, you kind of know that your team's there or thereabouts. You can then just add some key additions to where you think you're a little bit short. And then it gives you so much confidence going into next season, which you know we'll we'll see how it's how it started uh, in your in the in the next update. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Mr. Charlton, glorious winners of the league and cup double. You're into the Libertadores heading forward. <clears throat> Excuse me. You've got you've got the the world of Chilean football at your feet. Uh how has the cookie crumbled in 2029, 2030? 2029, we're in February 2029. So um I, what what I sort of start this off with is start off my little my update with there's something interesting that sort of seems to happen in every fm save and i don't know if you find it whether our listeners find it is you hit a bit of a lull in your in in your saves and i've really found that in the last sort of couple of weeks so for context i, I played today uh, and uh, i haven't got a massive update to give but this is the first time i probably opened fm for i think it was like over two weeks which is quite a you know, it's quite a long time for for, for us right uh, you know, that's for, for no other reason other than, like I said, I was away all last week. I was away the following weekend. I think the week before that, I'd uh, I said a very busy week with work ahead of my week off this week. And I think even the following weekend before the re- before the record for our last record, I hadn't really played much before then. And it's just it's really interesting when I, I opened the game today and I was I sort of had to force myself. To, I said to you yesterday I was going to play it, but I was excited to. And I didn't actually, I didn't get an answer. I was just I, I had other things going on. Um, and I didn't have that like, oh, uh, that sort of burning desire to, to play. But I did this morning, and I played for a couple of hours, and I got right back into it, other, as opposed to other, some other saves I've done in the past, where you try and get back into it, you try and remember the players, you try and remember the style, where you were with players. And I've always found that really, really tough. And to be honest, I normally quit after uh, probably a couple of hours or a few hours if I haven't really got straight back into it. But this one felt really different. And I think I'm, I'm sort of testament as to how much I'm enjoying this save and the way we're doing it. I got back into it really quickly. 
same old faces, the same players. I was like, right, back in this. I'm, where you left me last time as well, as I was in a position where I'm sort of ready to move on from Alex Italiano. You know, I've, I've done the, did the League and Cup double last year, got us into the Copa Libertadores. So I felt like I'm ready. And I still am. I still am. But I, I probably a little bit less so than I was before because I'm, just two hours of like getting back with these guys today. I'm like, oh, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to let you go. I think if the right job came up, I would go. But, um, but we'll 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 see. We'll sort we'll sort of see. Um, in terms of the season, I've like I said, I've only actually played two games. And the first game was the Super Copper, uh, or as it's called, I quite like it. It's called the Super Copper Easy, um, which is <laughs> what a great uh, name. I think it's great. <laughs> Um, which is obviously at the Community Shield and we played Universidad Catalica and again this was having not sort of played for a couple of weeks I thought oh, I know this is this is the big team I wonder really where how I'm up against these guys we obviously beat them in the league last season but it was quite a close running and we played and we played we played a, I wouldn't say it was a weakened team but couldn't play a number one goalkeeper we were only had to play four international players couldn't play a number one goalkeeper we're playing Gianluca Palaican at right wing back, who's, I mean, I'd like him to be my third choice right back. Um, and there was a couple of other players that were playing, but we weren't at full strength. But we comfortably beat Universidad Catalica 2 0. Felipe Aguiar and Carlos Pascunian scoring in the 87th minute, 27th and 87th minute. I thought, oh, that was a really nice way to get back in, straight back in with a trophy. And also that meant that I've now won everything there is to win in Chilean football. Mm. That was the one thing that was missing. Um, so All again, right for kind of, some. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you need any tips, just let me know, mate. Um, and um, I just sort of thought, again, that that was good because that meant when I do leave, and if I do leave this season, I can say I've, I've won it all with the club. So we then started the season a week later. Like I said, I've just played the one game of the season. It was against Everton de Vigna del Mar. Now, on the eve of the season, uh, Carlos Bascuñan was spotted falling out of a nightclub and then missed training. Oh, for goodness so he... sake. I know. <laughs> it's like with Paolo, and I could let it go with Paolo. Carlos was... Bascuñan, as, as, like, as much as I like him, uh, he hasn't quite got that in the bank yet. Um, and, and Everton is Vigna Del Mar they finished third last season then I know Muggs they're a really good good side in the game and we're away from home so I was a bit like wonder, wonder how this is going to end up managed to get Bernal back in goal but Pelle Icam was still a, um, a right wing back I'm, I'm still not super comfortable with but I mean look, I, I won't I won't draw it out we went there and we won 5-0 and I just I just <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about tra- the transfers of me, but th- the team that I played here, literally not a single new player from last year. In fact, we'd lost, obviously, Emiliano Castro. We'd lost, who was our right wing back, Luis Mercado, who was our left centre back. Um, obviously, Paolo wasn't with us at the end, but, but you know, we, we've lost him. So we lost a fair few first team players. I mean, Paul Connolly stepped in and Pele, I can't right wing back, but beating 5 0, I think I just thought, and then this this is what if we'd have won like one nil two nil it's like great I think we're going to win the league again I think we're good but I'm you know I'm ready to go I was really comfortable with just getting this club to the Copa Libertadores mm. but if we are and I, I might be getting ahead of myself after but we've been the two best teams outside of our outside of ourselves 
in Chile really comfortably in the first two games in the Supercopa and in the league. So I'm still thinking, do you know what? It would be nice to see how far we could go in. <laughs> I knew it was coming. We have an insanely tough group. So it could, I could realise a couple of games in, it's not It's not going to happen this year. Um, to even get out of the group. We've got Sao Paulo, um, Atletico Tucumán, who are from the uh, top flight of Argentina. I know the world. And, and Internacional, the top flight of Brazil. We've got two top flight, flight Brazilian sides. Um, it is, it is tough. It's so, but I kind of want to see how we get on. Look, if if a if a good if a team that I liked in the top flight of Brazil or the top flight of Argentina came knocking, I I would go because I think I've taken this team as far as I can. But it's really nice to see, like you know, for example, in the five 0 drubbing, I didn't mention the goal scorers, but it was four goals from Federico Fernandez and one from Diego Montecinos. But so in that first team now, I didn't really sign many players. Um, and that's because I'm playing Montechinos, Aguiar, um, Valde, um, not Valdez, Felipe Torres, loads of players that come through that youth academy. And there's still some more to come. And I think I've, I've just really left them in a good spot. Once I did start today, I thought I'd give myself a couple of little treats. So I've signed um, another number 10, just because I was running a little bit light there, an Argentinian player called Lucas Casas. Um, previously was at Velez. Uh, he was a, a free transfer. Regen or real? A region. Um, he looks because he looks a good player. Number ten, he might be good enough to start. I don't think I will start him. I think I'll always be starting. Certainly, Aguiar, Montesinos has really stepped up in the first couple of games. I just like them both because I think they're their homegrown players. So I think I'll I'll side with them. And you know, I mentioned I didn't really like Pele. I can uh, right wing back. So I've signed. It hasn't actually, transfer hasn't actually gone through yet, but he's agreed terms. Should be happening any day. Um, Felipe Viagra. <laughs> it's not Viagra, it's definitely that. Viagra. That is the first time I've said that out loud. <laughs> I've just realised I've signed a guy called Felipe Viagra. <laughs> he's definitely going to have a bit um, of pep in his step. But... Yeah, he's... he's t- it, it, <laughs> Is he a pocket he's, rocket? He's... he's, he's Funnily enough, his best three attrib- his his joint best attribute is stamina. Uh, <laughs> so- is that with strength as well? Yeah, no, his strengths. He's actually very weak. <laughs> yeah, that's one of his worst attributes. Well, no wonder stamina, he needs it. He'll be he'll be going up and down all game long with playing as a right wing back for me. He can play as a ball winner in, in the middle of the well, park. There we go. Well, he can't, I think he's suited to do a ball in midfielder, but I'll be, he'll be going up and down all day long. Uh, for, for me, as a right wing, as a right wing back, um, didn't realise so this yeah, is turning for, into into a carry on film, but you know exactly it is yeah. what it like, is. This, this is this we we can rival my dad wrote porno in the podcast series. Um, but yeah, Felipe uh, Viagra, uh, <laughs> he's, he's great, isn't it? He should be he should be joining me re- uh, soon, so he'll 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 sort of slot in at right wing back. Uh, um, oh dear God! Um, but yeah, that, I mean that really is my sort of update. You know, that's that's where that's where we're at. Signs a couple of a couple of players, I think, are pretty good. Looking forward to the season in the league. Hopefully, we'll be able to dominate again. But now we're really looking forward to Copa Libertadores, Sao Paulo, Internacional, and Atlético Tucumán are going to be three very tough sides. But interesting how we go there. But I, I just really enjoyed playing again today. Like I say, it was the first time I'd I'd, I'd, I'd opened the game for. 
two, two, two or three weeks, I think. I think it was. It said when I opened the game at an update I installed in Steam, and it said the last time I played was, or the last time I opened the game was the third of March or something. Um, which off the top of my head, not off the top of my head, looking at the diary, yeah, that was the last, not, not Friday gone, not Friday before that, Friday before that, so mm. not long before we, we last recorded. And uh, yeah, it was just good to get back in it again. I've got, I've got, obviously. I had a week off last week. I've got a very busy week with work again, so I don't think I'm going to have to get loads of game time in. But it'd be nice to sort of tick over, see how we get on in the Copa Libertadores, um, and yeah, just keep 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 an eye on the job market because although I do love this side, and I know the perp, you know this save isn't a isn't a um, a, a one team save, so I know I have to leave them, uh, and I, I am ready to do that just to start a new project because I think this. Pro- I'm not looking to overhaul the team. I'm not really looking to sell anyone. I'm not really looking to bring many players in. It was just I knew I needed another te- another number ten as a backup. I needed a right wing back because I wasn't happy with the one I had. I probably now need a uh, a backup centre half. So I'll, I'll sign probably a free agent from Chile uh, because how Eduardo I failed to mention, but he's he's about to leave the club. So I need need players to tick over but certainly not here for an overhaul just trust these players these players have got me to got this club to where it is now I trust them to um, give it their all and, and just uh, put themselves um, put themselves up for up for a battle in the Copa Libertadores Cracking cracking stuff and yeah you're right because I've not played in about a week I think I played not this Friday the Friday before last is the last time I I really played in earnest and actually just hearing you speak about it and talking about it with you has really got me back in the mood to to crack on with my next season um, in earnest, having, uh, you know, had the disappointment at the back end of last season, which, you know, with its timing did really sting. And I think, you know, made me think, oh God, another season where, I'm not quite won the league, you know, there's but but it's gonna be I know most teams in Chile I'm gonna beat comfortably. Um so yeah, I guess do, do you wanna I guess you wanna hear probably a bit about the, the transfer window and the activity that happened. Absolutely, yeah. Talk us through the transfer window and how the season started. So my transfer window, Tom, as you'll probably not be so surprised to hear, was uh, a bit more active than yours, uh, not resting on my laurels, wanting to push on uh, and really make that next step. And this is the first season where I've really... All right, in terms of worldwide football terms, I don't have a great deal of financial clout and power. But in terms of Chilean football, I have a decent amount of money to play with. So this is the first season where I've not messed around and used the fact that I'm now managing one of the big clubs in Chile. So I made quite a few signings and I'm and I've I've got to admit, Tom, I've caved more or less to the Tom Charlton sign Regen Wonder Kids from Argentina and Brazil strategy, uh, mixed in with a with a few dependable Chileans. And a one spicy one that I'll come into because I just think he, I just really like him, um, but I don't know why. He's one of those players that's not quite as good, but you just quite instinctively like them. And I think he'll come good. So he's an interesting signing. So I'll try and go through them in the order that I signed them. So 
I can, luckily I can get the most banal signings out of the way first that way. So I picked up uh, a real life player. He is 28 in my game, Ignacio Nunez from Huachipato. He wasn't really playing for them, but for me as a backup deep line playmaker to be in that midfield rotation, he's kind of at the back of the squad depth. He probably won't get a lot of game time, but for 140k from Huachipato, he's Chilean. He'll do a job, I reckon. For me, he was playing for Huachipato. They were playing a four-four-two, and he wasn't. He 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 looked like he'd play a lot better in a three. So for me, on the left side of my midfield with a defensive midfielder behind him, I think he'll be cracking. Then I've had an eye on this player for a while. I needed a new Chilean centre back, so I went out and bought the best one that I could find who wasn't going to be exorbitant, and that was Ignacio Messina from Palestino for 750k uh, and he is just a really good centre-back he's that third centre-back in the rotation he's easily starting calibre he's Chilean which is fantastic um, and he's just a really good player he's just solid and that allowed me to let um, Franco Bechtold He's got a year left on his contract, but I've loaned him out because he just couldn't run. And I want to play front foot football. I want to be able to have centre-backs who've got a bit of pace who can trap back if the if a ball goes in behind them. And Franco Bechtold, despite playing really well, I just didn't have faith that he was going to be able to play successfully in a high line. Uh, and then that... And then the next signing I made... Uh, and I think it was about just like a day or two later that I agreed it. Uh, oh, well, they all came from the same day. Obviously, I'd agreed them at different periods, but yeah. they all came from the 16th for the 12th when the transfer window opened. But the next signing is the one I'm really excited about, and he's such a curveball. Um, I signed John Rivers. He's 19. He is Colombian. And I signed him from Boya Chico in the uh, second flight of Colombia, where he had uh, 10 in 36. And he is, he's absolutely rapid and can also finish. And he's got more or less nothing else. He's got no vision, technically pretty solid as well, but he's got yeah. limited vision. He's not a great footballer. He cannot jump. I think he's tiny. Let me have a look. He's, oh, he's five foot nine. He's, he's, He's terrible in the air for someone who's five foot nine. But he has 16 acceleration, 14 pace, 16 dribbling, 15 finishing, 13 composure and 15 technique. So for me, as an inside forward, I just think he's going to be a perfect fit. With Mamini up top, he'll just be a cracking uh, addition to the flank. So uh, one for the future and my curveball of all the transfers. And I thought it was time also, and that you'll see there's a real, uh, what am I trying to say? There's a real focus on these transfers uh, with strengthening the attack. So I went out and bought a different kind of striker to back up my mini. Um, and it's one I've definitely taken a risk on. And I don't often take a risk um, when it comes to personality but I thought it was worth a shot because he looks like a really interesting prospect so I've signed a 20 year old Senegalese uh, 
under 20 uh, called Ibrahima Baye from Corinthians for 1.3 million. And he's a, a really good deep line forward, uh, clearly a temperamental one. So he might have a tantrum. Uh, and, right. and he'll need to be managed with kid gloves. But I thought, actually, having played a lot of FM and not signed a lot of players who clearly have temperament issues over the years, it'd be quite fun to try and do some man management of a, of a challenging player and see, actually, if I can get some good performances out of him as a backup. But, yeah, he's a really good passer of the ball, uh, good technique, solid finishing, but fantastic vision as well. He's got 16 vision. A 16 stamina, clearly friends with Viagra, um, uh, and yeah, just a, a different, a different kind of striker to back up Mamini. I thought it'd be interesting to get someone who's just uh, yeah, just got more, a bit more of an uh, uh, an all rounded game than Mamini. And can he play anywhere else other than um, other than centre forward? He's a bit of a he could play attacking midfield, uh, central attacking midfield, but I don't really see him there. So for yeah. me, he's very much been brought in as a backup. Whether he'll like that by the end of the season, we'll find out. But he'll get game time because I'm, I am trying to be less mini dependent this season. I think that's key for me. And actually, before I move on, there's a couple of outgoing transfers that I need to talk about. One of them being Enzo La Rossa. Uh, my Uruguayan uh, 25-year-old who had one of the senior uh, international player spots. I sold him to Everton, Davinia Del Mar. Hopefully that won't come back to bite me, but they offered me by far the most out of anyone. They gave me 825 k for a player who I didn't expect to recoup. 500 k for, so that money. was a... That's really that, good yeah, it's good money. I mean, they signed him for 1.5, so we made a loss, but from my perspective... With a year left on his contract, I wasn't going to renew it. Um, it was it was definitely time to get something back for him, and and to get that much back, I thought was great work. Another fantastic bit of news, uh, non transfer related, but in a way transfer related. Uh, Emmanuel Jeda has been playing in Chile long enough to qualify as Chilean now. So he got his Chilean passport. I get another international player. So I had an unexpected uh, international player squad uh, slot to play with. And I think that will come in handy uh, with players graduating to being senior players and, and, and kind of the issues around that. And They're then like one gold, of... Yeah, they are fantastic. I'm, I'm hoping Mamini at some point might qualify for one of those as well, which would make him doubly valuable. To me, at least. And then the other, probably my funnest bit of transfer news, I accepted, I had offers from Europe because I was trying to sell Dario Osorio. I didn't take the most uh, expensive option, but I took a pretty decent, uh, I believe it was about 725k from Dinamo Kiev. I thought I'd sort help the boys in Kiev do my bit, do my bit for Ukrainian football. Uh, and send Dario Osorio off to freezing to freeze in uh, in in Europe. Uh, probably a bit different to what he's used to back home, but ultimately he was a player. I felt with the kind of incoming signings, uh, with the wingers that I'd brought in, uh, was going to get less game time, and I felt I could afford to to send him on his way. And then I'll I'll leave you on my final. Well, before I talk about the season, 
the player that I genuinely didn't think I had a chance in signing, uh, who could seriously compete with Mamini for the starting striker spot, and you know how seriously that is, that's that statement is, is um a regen, he's 20, uh, called Maximilio Gatti. He's Argentinian, and somehow, I don't get why, but River were quite happy to loan me one of their top youth prospects. Um, and they're quite happy to loan him to me with an optional future. They wanted me to put in a, a definite future fee of 2.5, I negotiated it to an optional of 3.5. But he is the best regen that as will, you know, until I get a really fantastic team, you know, a really top Brazilian team, he looks, he just, he's a Rolls Royce of a striker. He's just, uh, Poundland Alvarez, he's just cracking, like, not can't defend. Great mentals, great physicals, great speed, solid vision, great attacker, good technicals. Not great in the air. Will get your goals. Can play on the wing. Can play up front. He's left-footed. Cuts inside from both wings. He's got inside forward all over him. He can play as an advanced forward. He looks like a great piece of business for a loan that I can turn permanent if I want to. And that was supplemented by me going out again and I really have I mean this is how much I've just beefed the squad up I'm 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 taking no prisoners I went out to Huracan also in the Argentinian top flight and signed a central attacking midfielder who can also play uh, in central midfield Guillermo Barrera um a 19 year old Argentinian regen it's and and he is nice. he's going to be class he's already class uh, he's very similar to Lucas Barbosa. Um, great vision, great physicals, great speed, great attacking, great technicals, great mentals. He's just going to be a really good front of midfield, central midfielder for me. And I can't, you know, as I said, I, I, I took full advantage of all of the, you know, pay a bit now, pay a lot later clause and, you know, lots of three years with 1.5 million over three years with 500 Yeah, yeah, interest-free credit, the FM interest-free credit. And I think the result is a very strong squad. I think I think I got a little bit carried away and that maybe we could have done with more solidifying the full-backs. I think the full-backs are the weak link in the team now. Maybe that'll come back to hurt us, but... I've gone, I've gone ham. I've gone, I've gone overboard. But uh, I've chucked it. I've Todd Bowley it. I've chucked everything at it, and and hopefully I can make the squad gel. But I think we've got the pieces in place, certainly from an attacking perspective, uh, to have a really deep. We've got a deeper squad, and that's what I felt let us down last season. Well, I was going to say from what you were talking about last season, you seem to have a pretty good core, a pretty good. There's lots of players you can trust. So if you can now chuck some money at it, there's every chance that you're then going to, you know, I, th- I guess you'd be disappointed if you weren't at least very close to winning the league this year and all the cup. Yeah, I mean, I was what I was. Puff obviously has some volatility in because it's a knockout in mm. one game here or there, but four points off the league last season, 
and I've spent about five mil. A lot of it, not not a lot of it this season, but a lot of it yeah. to come. But I think worthwhile investment. So, uh, I've only played a couple how of games. How's that left you going into the season then? Like, how's the start of the season gone? Well, I've played two games, Tom. So, uh, the evidence so far has been positive. Uh, a 2 0 win against Union Española uh, to kick off the season in 2027. Uh, a Sadi with a penalty, Mamini getting a goal. Uh, and then a 1 0 away at Deportes Recoleta with Pablo Anguis getting the goal. So the old names uh, performing. Uh, and 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 a really solid start, but it's it's going to be a really interesting one because I I I am leaving you all on a on a big game for me. It is the Universidad Catalica game, and for the first time in a long time, he's got a damaged foot. Mamini is out, so Ma- Maximilio Gatti has got a chance to stake his claim, uh, leading the line. For the boys, uh, he's been more consistent in preseason than by a. So I thought I'd stick to a more advanced forward striker. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so Mamini injured for a big game for the first time in a long time, uh, and I'm I'm excited at that. The game after that, we start our Libertadores campaign against Deportivo Cali. Who are from Colombia? Uh, we're also drawn against the wonderfully named the strongest from Bolivia, and the big nice. one. So we've got a bit of a easier draw than you, but the big one, and we do have the big one. We potentially have a cup tied Maximilio Gatti because we have River Plate as Ooh, our final team in nice. the group. Yeah, that'll be that'll a good. That'll be a good benchmark couple of games, won't it? Against River, where are we? Are we competitive? I put us as I, you know what? I give us a chance. I wouldn't give us a chance winning the group, but I'd give us a chance getting out, and that's all you can ask for. Get out of the group, see what we do. Pray we don't face Flamengo in the second round, although knowing my luck, we probably will, uh, and then see where we go from there. But I'm looking forward to it, Tom. Talking about it with you, uh, chewing the cud on it, and and hearing your progress. And and is and hearing you getting back in the mood, I'm ready to kick on in this season. I'm excited with to see how the players gel and whether whether my uh, curveball of of um, John Rivas, whether John Rivas, my curveball option, is going to turn out to be an absolute gem that I've spotted. Uh, one of those players you just sort of sign on a whim because you just like that they've got the right stats in the right areas and you think that maybe they're not a, they're not a fully rounded footballer but they can give you something a bit different uh we'll see how that plays out in the match engine but exciting times i think renzo can be pleased with the work he's done but i think no doubt you're a bit like me is a bit annoyed at how last season ended so there's a lot to play for for us this season it'll be a big season, whether we sort of stand still or whether we can actually kick on and dethrone Universidad Catalica. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we'll look forward to hearing about that, mate. I think, yeah, 
we both similar positions really since we haven't played for a while but it's um i'm glad sort of going cold turkey hadn't properly got us off our fm addiction and we're uh, we're definitely back on the back on the wagon again now so yeah look, looking forward to good week's game this week and looking forward to, to catching up catching up with you next week absolutely mate no, it's been a pleasure as always You've been listening to Who Uses a Director of Football, Sudamericana Adventure. Thanks so much, as always, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Amazed that people are still listening to us sort of talk you through the magic and madness of our FM saves. I know we love it, and I'm so grateful that... And I know Tom's also so grateful that, that you continue to listen. So all the best. Have a great week and catch you next time.